And I am back in Cleveland, Ohio, and it is a up and down feeling for me. I can just be honest and say that everyone keeps asking me, how does it feel to be back from Puerto Rico? And, you know, I have to to say it's not like the best feeling. I mean, I am so thankful that we got back, you know, safe and sound, my whole family and whatnot. But man, to not be able to look outside and see the ocean and hear, you know, all the beautiful sounds of the different birds and see the palm trees. It's just, man, it's a little somber. So, and it's cold right now in Cleveland. And now Cleveland has the shutdown because of the coronavirus. And the world yet again is in the shambles. And it's it's a lot to take in. I am thankful that I already was this sort of homebody. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love going outside when the weather permits. I'm not really one to be outside when it's cold and can't really appreciate that too much for what it is because it's cold. But I absolutely enjoy great weather. And if I can be outside during those times, I will. But that's not the case right now. So this quarantine or what have you, it's it's definitely um, in full effect. So here I am with episode 21 and there are some technical difficulties. So I'm not uh, recording in the room that I usually record in. So if you hear a little bit of the background noise or cars or something along those lines, I am sorry. Bear with me. So, um, yeah, this episode today is going to be about fear and I am going to touch on some personal and sensitive matters of my own life so that you can get a better understanding of fear. What is fear? First of all, fear is an unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger real or imagined fear is one of the universal emotions everyone at some point in time and many right now dealing with this pandemic are or have experienced fear fear in itself is scary or it can be It's a chain reaction in the brain that starts with a stressful stimulus and ends with the release of chemicals that cause our hearts to race, heavy breathing, tensed muscles. Fear causes the fight or flight response. So that's why many times, whether physical or mental fear, it causes people to run, right? I know with me personally, like, It took me a long time to not run from a dog if I seen it off of a leash. It was just my initial reaction, like, run, go. I had this fear that this dog was going to attack me and chase after me. And many times the dogs would just sit there like, is she okay? (laughs) Or 
And other times, if a dog sees you running, that's the worst thing you could do because now they're going to chase you. And so either way, just stay still. Don't fear the dog and the dog won't fear you and you should be fine. But I'm I'm saying like now in my life that I have been able to figure out what, what fear is and realize it as soon as it's happening and what I should do and what I should not do. Like I literally can feel my body around my spine, my my back, my upper and lower back, they get real heavy. And I'm like, okay, I need to breathe. I need to calm down. And I need to take a hold of this situation because my body is almost like shutting down by overreacting, if that makes sense. There are there are more than a hundred billion nerve cells in our brains. And that's why when we do feel emotions, our whole body feels affected. Like I was just saying, because it is. Our brain communicates to our other organs and nerves and cells the exact emotion that we are feeling so that everything tries to stay in tune. See, but the further away from your own self-awareness you are, the harder the emotions hit on your body. Fear can be divided into two responses, biochemical and emotional. Biochemical response is universal. So we all know how to name the fear when we feel it. Like, okay, I'm feeling fear. Just like when you're angry or you're happy, you can actually name it. Like, I am feeling happy. And the other response, emotional, is highly individual. So it means that everyone doesn't react the same when they feel fear. Feeling fear is natural and it's really a survival mechanism. When we confront a potential threat, our bodies respond in specific ways. Physically, we can sweat and be on like this jumpy high alert. So your physical body is prepared for what's to come if something is to come. And we were born with this survival technique. So although fear can be associated with a negative perception, it really is something positive that we carry. And since every individual is different, fear can almost be fun for some people like watching scary movies or going to haunted houses, even roller coasters. That's my big one. I love roller coasters. It's this adrenaline rush that some people thrive off of. It's a thrill that brings excitement. But some people despise that adrenaline feeling. Like you couldn't even pay them to see a scary movie or to go on a roller coaster. And it's fine either way, whether you love the adrenaline or you don't. There's no quote unquote wrong way. People that are scared of the dark or scared of heights or have like this fear of speaking in front of large crowds, whatever it is, it's just because our bodies, they can sense dangers. And when you have dangerous situations, there is a chance of death. So unconsciously, at times, our bodies are just reacting for us. There are just times that when you feel this taking over, some people are stronger at basically ignoring that feeling. Like, yeah, this is something that's bringing fear to me. And oh no, 
what am I doing? But they still just chance it. They take that risk and do it anyways. And other times, some people just listen. They listen to their bodies and they listen to their gut and they listen to their feeling in those moments. And either way is perfectly fine. I've met people that would actually get mad at themselves for being scared and they would do anything to face their fears so that they can try to overcome it and stop feeling scared and many times it would work if they were scared of heights then they are gonna go ahead and jump off that plane and I do not advise you to do something like that to get over your fear but hey if that's what it takes if that's what you feel and you hold that confidence within you to be like this is what I have to do to get over my fear then kudos to you I applaud you and go for it but there's times that that doesn't work that people try to face their fears and they give up one time they try to face it, it doesn't work and they're done. Like, see here, I'm supposed to live my life in fear. I'm supposed to be scared of this for the rest of my life. And that is not the case. I just want to make note of that. I used to have this fear of the dark and I would have to have like a night light on or a hallway light on. Then I had children and one of my boys seemed to be scared of the dark and it saddened me like no there's no reason to be scared of the dark mommy's here so with helping him overcome his fear it trickled down to helping me overcome the fear like I had to be bigger than this fear And a lot of times that's just what it is. You have to face it and realize what this fear is for what exactly it is. No excuses, no sugarcoating, you just face it. Now, I'm not saying this is something that you do one time and it's a miracle. No, you may not have your answers. I still to this day do not know where my fear of the dark came from, but I do know it is a common fear amongst people. Fear can be incredibly complex. Like, where does it come from? Where does it stem from? It can be shown to be a result of experiences or trauma. Like, the fear of being alone. And maybe you grew up like me where... It was a broken home and neither parent was consistently around. Feeling alone doesn't have an age range. As a very young child, you can sense when you are alone. Just like when you can sense when someone is there or if someone is staring at you, you physically can sense it. But the fear of being alone doesn't necessarily mean not having a physical body near you. It can be that you believe that you are being ignored or unloved. The fear of being alone is actually called autophobia. And it's an anxiety disorder that I personally had suffered from. And autophobia can negatively impact a person's life if it's left untreated. Another word for it is monophobia. It's not the same as loneliness. Many people experience loneliness when 
they don't have uh, enough social interaction or lack of a meaningful relationship or relationships. Autophobia is this anxiety that's triggered by the idea of time being spent alone or being without a specific person who affects a person's ability to carry out daily activities. Now, I am going to get real personal with you guys, and it's only so that you can gather the best understanding of what this exact fear I'm speaking about is. I was in a relationship at a young age, um, I want to say I was about 20 years old, and I was involved in a relationship for about five years on and off. But with this particular person, I grew almost like an obsession. Like I had to always have them around. Just the thought of them not being near me would freak me out. I would literally get sick to my stomach. I would shake if they weren't around. Um, If I called and he didn't pick up, I would freak out. I would think he's never coming back. If he had to just go to work, I would get frantic and not understand why do you have to go to work every day? I need you to stay home. And it's just, it was this sickness. And I would go to extreme lengths, like sit in the parking lot while he's at work just so that I felt that I was near him. It it was scary. It got to a point to where it took over my life. I just, I couldn't see nor think or breathe or anything without him around and just speaking about it right now is like sounding crazy to me and I know it probably sounds crazy to you but it was my reality for a very long time I had a problem and I didn't know how or what or when or where anything in my life, I didn't I didn't have any other answers. The only thing that I knew was that I felt that I needed this person to be around at all times. And that's really deep. And I feel it could be possibly somebody's reality right now. I hope it's not. And if it is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. But again, this is a fear you must face and face it right now. The cause of autophobia is still unknown, but it's been related to experiences in childhood that overall is just a fear of abandonment. So either death, divorce, incarceration, which my dad was in prison for most of my childhood before moving to Puerto Rico. I was so tired of feeling what I would feel in that relationship, that I needed answers. I reached out to a therapist and that's when they broke down this whole childhood trauma, childhood experiences. And it just made so much sense why I felt that I needed him around all the time because I lacked that. I lacked that from my parents and that whole scared that he's never coming back home was that same feeling of my dad never coming back. So I didn't want somebody else 
to live my life as if I didn't matter and not turn around nor think twice about it and just continue living their life as if I never existed. It was very hard to deal with something like that. And I didn't even know that this was going to impact me that way until I got into this relationship, until I needed answers because I could not deal with who I was anymore. And I opened along with reaching out to a therapist before I even did that. Excuse me. I opened up my Bible, which God only knows how long I had even opened it up. But I experienced something so intense, yet so beautiful and powerful the moment I opened it up because I opened it to Isaiah 41.10 and it read, and I quote, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I read that and I closed the book. I was crying so hard that I couldn't physically read anymore. It was too blurry in my eyes. It was just too much going on. And it was like I was crying my fear out. It was uncontrollable. And in the mix of me crying and sobbing, I started to slowly calm down. And this comforting, hug-like feeling came upon me that still to this day, I can never forget exactly how it felt. I knew at that moment that I needed to do something to get myself better. And the next day is, is when I called the therapist. And I know many people have many mixed emotions about therapists. And I personally did too. I didn't look at them in a, a bright eye, so to say. But I, I had to. And... I, I did this with full faith that it was going to help me, and it did. I was completely at my wits end with my life. I knew I needed outside help. There was no way that I can do this on my own. I was too dug in. I was too deep into this misery and this confusion and this discomfort and this just chaos and drama when I spoke with the therapist a couple of times every single time became easier for me and I was able to gather my thoughts and I viewed her almost like a friend it was just an outlet it was a physical journal so instead of me just writing everything down in a book and closing it up I would verbally speak it to her and she would almost be my journal and she'll close it up because confidential laws and everything, the HIPAA law, she can't really take this outside of these walls unless, unless it was something that she was mandated to report, which that wasn't the case in this case. I just was able to vent. I denied any and all medication because I strongly do not agree with medication. I was put on an antidepressant when I was about 12 and it was one of the worst experiences of my life. I did not see it helping me at all. If anything, it made me worse. And 
I'll just leave it at that. I'm not trying to knock anyone that takes medicines. Just me personally, it's a no. So after a few sessions and my therapist bringing up autophobia and pretty much just diagnosing me with it, I took it upon myself to do my own research, which I encourage all of you to do with any diagnosis, either given to you or a loved one. Doctors, therapists, all of these people, they are humans just like us. They all had to learn and unlearn and learn again what they practice in the medical field. So I am just saying, trust your soul and spirit just as much, if not more than any other individual. When doing my research, I really just wanted to focus on the cures of it. I wanted to get better and stay better. So in my findings, a big part was self-reflecting, self-care, just a lot of self, 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 which was at first really hard. And it hit me like, Selena, you really don't know how to love nor take care of you. It was an eye opener and it motivated me to figure me out so I could care for my fear so I can get over it. I had to first and foremost face it. And man, was that tough. For me, what facing my fear actually meant was to face the person that I was dealing with in this relationship. I had to physically sit this person down with me and I had to be real. I had to end it. And end it with no further ifs, ands, or buts. Because I knew in order to heal and cure what was going on with me, I needed to get rid of anything or anyone that triggered it. Ending that relationship for good, as necessary as it was, it it was extremely hard. But with each day that went by, it, it got easier. And this weight started to decrease from my life. I physically started feeling lighter. My spirit was lifted. So I knew once these positive things almost immediately started to take effect into my life, I knew the decisions that I was making were the right ones. So that goes for you too. You have to build this confidence and trust within yourself to know when you are making the right decisions. Your body will tell you, your life around you, your environment will let you know when something is right or wrong. So when you start making decisions in your life or removing certain people or certain things, you have to trust the process that this is what's best for you and listen to your surroundings, listen to the universe letting you know you are doing the right thing. I, along with removing this person from my life, I started writing goals down. I started reading more and uh, a specific book I read during this time of my life that helped me a lot with what I was going through was Rejection Proof by Jia Jang. And that's J-I-A- J-I-A-N-G. And it was about rejection and how to deal with the fear of being rejected and actually 
being rejected and dealing with that. It was something I also was experiencing during this time in my life. I had a fear of it. I did not like knowing that my company wasn't good enough, that my company was being rejected. If I wanted to hang out with someone or whatever the case may be, and they told me no, or they had different plans, that did not go well in my life. I wanted them to just say yes and spend time with me. So rejection, it it was also a big thing that I, I dealt with and had to overcome. Yeah, I read that and I wrote about it. And then that writing about that um, triggered me to write about other things in my life. And then I start taking a lot of baths. And you would think that taking a bath is something so simple. No, it was not for me. That quiet, peaceful state, which now I appreciate and have to have to the fullest of the degree in my life. But experiencing this in the beginning stages of my journey to, you know, a better life, that quiet and that peace would drive me crazy. I had been living in so much drama and chaos and confusion that it became a part of my life. I didn't know life without it. It was almost like I needed it to survive. So when I would bathe, instead of being still in that moment, I would hum, I would play music, I would tap the water, anything to make noise so that I could distract myself from thinking because I knew once it got quiet, my thoughts got loud. And I know for many people, this is your reality. Look, the only way to quiet your thoughts is to listen to them. Hear what you have to say to you, then tell yourself to be quiet. Even if you have to verbally tell yourself, go, shh, be quiet. You have to almost train yourself on how to be one with peace and quiet. That distracted mind is almost that part of a child's mind. Children are learning so much at such a rapid pace every day when they're young. And that causes them at times to be very hyper because their little brains are trying to hold so much from learning that they don't know what to do with all of this knowledge at once. And it causes them to be moving around and doing other things to distract what's going on in their mind. They just want to be kids. They just want to play. And at times as adults, we need to just be an adult. We need to just be still and appreciate the moments that we are in, appreciate the bath that you are taking without any distractions, none. Many times you should just take your bath and not play any music. Just literally sit in your bath And once the water is done running, you just sit there and you don't listen to no thoughts. You don't listen to anything, but just the peace and quiet. If you have to tell yourself, like you would tell that child, calm down, be quiet, sit still, do that. Do that until it is working. It's no different when you tell yourself the same things as you would tell that child. 
and that moment of self-care and self-reflecting, you need that. No, you are not crazy for talking to yourself and telling yourself what to do. It's in all actuality very healthy and very necessary for a lot of people in order to heal and cure any of your life halting fears and flaws. And with that, I'm going to close this episode. Thank you guys. I know it was a little long one, but it it was necessary. Right now with everything going on, you sense so much fear outside of your doors. So make sure that fear isn't inside of your homes. Allow that fear to just stay out there and anywhere that you walk. Do not carry fear with you. Do not live with fear. Whenever you live with fear, you are lacking faith. And when you lack faith, you lack love. And those things are absolutely necessary to have in your life on a day-to-day basis. So don't forget that. The moment that fear is starting to set in, you talk to it. You let it know. Hey, I know what you are. I know what I am feeling, but you need to go. I love myself. I love my life. And whatever I'm going through, I need to get through, but I'm going to get through it without feeling any fear. And like I always say, change your perspective, change your attitude, change your mind, and you change your life. I believe in you. So believe in you too. Until next time, I'm out.